Today's show is brought to you by Rich Nutrients, New Zealand's premier provider of nutrient-dense whole food products. One of my current favourites is their organic beef and turmeric bone broth powder. And the reason for that is it's so convenient, you don't have to go through the whole process of actually making bone broth. And it's super tasty. If you visit their page, richnutrients.co.nz, click onto the shopping page and you'll find a Best Me tab. Under this tab you'll find all of the products that I use and recommend. Now as a Best Me listener, you have the opportunity to receive 10% off all orders over $30, which is a pretty decent discount. All you have to do is enter the Best Me discount code at the checkout, which in one word is Best Me, all in capitals. I hope you enjoy their products as much as I do. You can also find me at HealthFit Collective, which is exactly how it sounds, a collective of health and fitness practitioners, including physiotherapy, psychology, nutrition, we have movement coaches, personal trainers, massage, and much more. Our goal is to guide your dreams to reality, and we do this both within the club and online, offering tailored health plans, small group training, specialist services, corporate wellness, and education. So please go along and visit the page healthfitcollective.co.nz to find out more. You can also book a free 30-minute consultation with no strings attached. Welcome to Best Me Radio. I'm your host, Carl Hammington, and I talk to experts in many areas, including movement, psychology, nutrition, as well as other inspiring people who have done extraordinary things, all in an attempt to provide you with the information inspiration and tools that will empower you to step into the best version of yourself. Hey everyone, it's Carl here again and I hope you had a great couple of weeks. Unfortunately the weather in Wellington is really uh, packed in but that's not stopping us anyway. Um, We're still out and about, still foraging, doing our thing. So I hope you all got a lot out of the last interview with Bobby Capuccio and as he said, the inner journey to achieving your potential involves getting uncomfortable and when I say uncomfortable, I mean, really uncomfortable. (laughs) So right outside that comfort zone. Uh, There were so many usable tools in that one. I've listened to it three or four times now, and each time I pick up on uh, something new. And for those of you who listened, um, have you found your antidote? (laughs) If you have, please let us know what that was, because I'll be super interested in your uh, response to that. Now, a couple of updates. We have the WF3 event uh, coming up very soon in Wellington, and that's the Wild Food and Foraging Feast. (laughs) Um, so that's sort of a combination of education and uh, experience. So that's, uh, that's pretty exciting. Uh, if you're interested, get along to the website, sign up to the newsletter, or just flick me an email um, to reserve your place, or even if you've got any inquiries. Now, Dippin has just sent me the first draft of the menu, and it does look pretty damn spectacular. <laughs> um, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> um, I've also, on the blog, I've added a quick chat with Dippin, um, the other day, and for those of you who know me, they saw that uh, I had a failed uh, Facebook Live where I couldn't connect with Dippin at the same time, so I just did a quick Skype interview, a video one. So that was us just talking about you know, why Dippin got into chefing, why he thinks that foraging and wild food is something you might want to consider. Um, but yeah, get along and check that out. There's some more details about the event, but, and he's also got a free recipe there, so that's, uh, that's worth visiting just for that. Now, an unintentional but a perfect tie-in, um, and an update at HealthFit. Now, in August, we're hosting Animal Flow Level 1 certification, um, and it's a pretty popular program now, and probably after listening to this, you'll realize why. It really is for everyone. Um, you don't have to be a practitioner to, to get something out of it. I think you learn a lot about your body and yourself as well. Um, 
I did my level one last year and I got so much more out of it than I thought I would. Um, there's some really cool science behind it, but there's also a lot of pra- uh, practical application as well, which is great. Um, now, if you're thinking about transitioning across to more a more body weight sort of style of movement um, or learning how to use your body a little bit more effectively or even a more functional approach to your movement uh, and also you know some supplementary stuff you can you can add to your lifting you know, heavy lifting or your crossfit um, or your yoga then this is worth listening to so the guest mike fitch um, who is the creator of animal flow and global body weight training i had the opportunity of hanging out with in Wellington last year and he's a pretty damn cool guy you know he's really laid back good sense of humor uh, but also full of wisdom and a really uh, burning desire to sort of make a difference uh, which I respect now and this is the first episode that has a real focus on movement so uh, if this is if movement is your game or something you're worth uh, you think is worth pursuing or maybe it's an element that's lacking from your wellness plan then this is the episode for you um, enjoy and please give me some feedback. Welcome back to the show, Best Me Community. And today, once again, we have a very exciting guest on the show, and that's Mike Fitch. Mike is very experienced in the exercise industry with over 18 years under his belt. Mike is currently a an innovative fitness educator, and in the past he's taught and used Olympic lifting, kettlebell training, sports-specific training, uh, rehabilitation and corrective exercise, Currently, he is the president of Global Bodyweight Training, and he's developed many programs, including the really popular Animal Flow, which I had the uh, the privilege of attending and being a student there recently. Welcome to the show, Mike, and thanks for coming on. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I know it's been uh, a long time in the making now. Yes, yes, we finally got there. When did we first uh, conceptualize this? A few months ago now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well it's that would have been in early December, correct? Because yep. we're now in mid mid April. So yeah. it's, it's been a lot of uh hit hit or miss or yeah. touch and go, however you want to describe it. Well, obviously, but here we are. Yeah, here we are. We're here. <laughs> and um it's pretty hard putting you down. You're uh you're a, a worldly man. <laughs> <laughs> well the travel schedule, man, I, and honestly it's not the travel, it's the time zones. Yeah. I think yep. that is that is the uh the biggest obstacle always is yeah. a lot of the conversations or things like this that I'll have with other people are in such different time zones than what I am. And then yeah. it, it can sometimes change every week. So, yeah. Yeah. No, so appreciate but, you coming on, man. We got here. So that's great. <laughs> Let's celebrate that. We got here. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to say, man, I really enjoyed uh, the Animal Flow workshop in Wellington. I thought that was just, it was really, really nice. It was slick. It had some good science behind it. Um, but I really enjoy getting to know you as well, man, and uh, you know, hearing your journey, you know, as to you know how you got to where you are now. Um, so mm. thank you for that uh, opportunity, and I'd love it if you could share that journey uh, with with the, the audience today. Um, as to, I know it's a huge question, but how did you get to where you're at now? <laughs> well, let's see. I was born in 1980, Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> How much time do we have again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might have to keep yeah. a little bit more succinct. <laughs> yeah. So uh, essentially, I, I've been in the fitness industry since I was 19. I obtained my first certification through uh, NSCA, National Strength and Conditioning Association. And uh, I was lucky enough to – I had actually I'd gotten into the industry because I had hired a trainer when I was living in Los Angeles. And he was so inspiring to me. I just, I just figured, man, I want to do what you do. Uh, yeah. 
And so basically I, I started down that track and I was lucky enough to start with a, a gym company or corporation in the States that really put a tremendous amount of energy and finances into educating their trainers. And so they brought literally the best minds in the industry into their educational system. And we had the opportunity to learn from them. So early in my career, it was set this had set this tone of obsessively gather as much knowledge as you can about the body, about how it works, about how to use it, and really explore all different modalities and philosophies. And so that set the tone. and, And I did pretty much that, which is as I was going through my own journey through different modalities, I was trying, you know, Olympic lifts, I really got into kettlebells, I really got into sports specific training, I really got into um, I became a medical exercise specialist, so I really hit up the pre-post rehab yep. side of yep. training. And I eventually did what, what most guys do, which is I got into a phase where I just wanted to lift <laughs> as much heavy weights as I possibly could and get as <laughs> get big as I possibly could. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I was about 50 pounds. Actually, at this point, I was probably about 55 pounds heavier than I am when I walk around at yeah. now. So for us, uh, and, for us metric folks, I think that's about uh, 20 kilos, which is quite a significant uh, amount there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I loved, I love lifting heavy things. I love yeah. eating like my life depended on it. I love that. quote of the day. I love doing all those things that are yeah. kind of focused around strength and hypertrophy. Yeah. However, I have to say that in that process, I just didn't feel good in my body. And as much as I knew about proper periodization and programming and program design, I just, I felt like my body was under a tremendous amount of negative load. I'm not just saying the weights, but I'm saying the stress that my body was experiencing in its totality. So I would wake up in the morning and just be like, man, I'm, I'm 30 years old. Why do I feel like I'm, I'm what I would think a 60 year old, 70 year old would feel like. Yeah. And so I just thought, you know, this, there's something not right here. And shouldn't I be training to experience my body better and yeah. not feel like I'm kind of this prisoner within it? So I decided to do the exact opposite. And I put down the weights 100% and I started exploring only body weight disciplines. So again, at 30 years old, I got into gymnastics, which oh, I love that. was super humbling, yeah. man, you know. <laughs> Being basically the oldest person and the worst person in the entire class, <laughs> having zero to no control over my body. And it's just the irony was thick, yeah. thinking that I'd spent so much time working on my body, but had very little ability to work my body. And it was it was a, a real eye opener. And, mm. and however, I have to say, as humbling as it was, it was exciting. And it yep. really, really sparked an interest in me going, man. There's something here. And so I started really uh, adopting that idea of to train to last and self-mastery and learning new skill. And so gymnastics very quickly led to parkour and free running. And so in Miami where I was doing all this, there's a very cool company called Miami Free Running uh, where a lot of those guys kind of went on to do Ninja Warrior and things like that. So they were really tremendous coaches and tremendous athletes. And so, uh, and just really accepting, man. And so, you know, going in there and being quite a bit bulkier and, you know, looking very much like I had done nothing but squat and bench press and things (laughs) like that for a long time. Um, they didn't make fun of me and they (laughs) made me feel like I, I, I could finally be able to do this. And, and really, man, within, you know, a couple of months I was able to 
to hit some back tucks and do some, you know, hit some wall run back flips. And, wow. you know, I started like, you know, oh, wow, this is cool, man. I really can start to learn new things yeah. at, at this age. It's, um, and so, yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, and uh, so that led to, you know, parkour and gymnastics led to uh, circus art. So I started kind of learning some, some, some hand balancing. That was the big thing that I was learning Brilliant. at the circus school, which was hand balancing. And then from there I got into break dancing which man, <laughs> talk about a humbling oh, experience. Goodness. Um, yeah, you know, and I still have some videos. Uh, one of my, wow. my, my old breakdancing coach uh, tagged me in a video recently that yeah. was just like me doing some top rock and, and getting down to the sixth step. <laughs> and it was one of the ugly, ugliest things I had ever seen. I'd be quite in my happy for that, to, for that video to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. So, um, but, you know, again, it's just a great opportunity to see, like, wow, you know, how far you can come in a short yeah. amount of time. Yeah. And and I, we're, what it really is to to kind of keep a a child's mind and leave the ego behind oh, yeah. and really go in and and uh, expose yourself to something totally new. Yeah. So anyway, so basically I took all those experiences and I was fully lit up with inspiration and I thought, you know, there's something so empowering about this concept that you don't need anything else. You don't need any toys, tools, gadgets, weights, anything to create this perfectly functioning, symmetrical, and if you desire, an aesthetically pleasing exactly. body. Yep. You know, um, and there's just something so empowering in a minimalistic sense about that oh, of just yeah. going, man, I've got everything that I need on me, you yep. know, and this vessel that I'm in right now, this is my vessel in which I'll navigate my world for the rest of my life. And so why don't I shift to being, able, excuse me, shift my, my focus to where now everything that I do is with the intention of learning how it works and how to use it better. So I took that experience with my knowledge, my previous knowledge of how the body works and mechanics of the system and physiology and anatomy and just started putting the pieces together. And I think if I had one strong point as a trainer, I could understand programming pretty well and understand how a novice could come into exercise and see themselves progress. And so I started putting together some concepts of how I wanted to share uh, even just the body weight, just the calisthenic stuff. So I started, yeah. I created a program called Global Body Weight Training. And the idea was to put out video tutorials with my friend and at that time client, uh, Karen, who had experience in film. We would film these little videos on kind of creative calisthenics movements and we would put them up on on the blog at that time and write little articles. And so that, you know, we got a pretty nice response to that right away because it, it was at a time where calisthenics and street workout was still really new, but people were kind of getting into body weight training in different ways because yep. they wanted to learn how to do cool stuff. You know, they wanted to learn mm -hmm. how to use their body. And so while I was putting out that information, I was also just spending so much time on the ground figuring out how the pieces fit together. Like how, how could I take from all these different disciplines that yeah. I had experienced and how could I start putting the pieces together and almost put it in a program that was easily teachable and digestible to others. And so that was kind of the impetus or that was the birth of animal flow. And so I'm always the first one to say, look, I don't, I didn't create animal locomotion. It's been around for yeah. ages. Yeah. Um, all I did is I was like, okay, well, you know, in gymnastics, in parkour and in breakdancing to a certain extent, there's a lot of animal movements. And so basically I started thinking, okay, how can we use these animal positions or animal locomotion, if you will, to improve the function of the human animal, you know? Mm -hmm. So how can we look at 
the way that we crawl and the way that we act like a crab, the way that we act like an ape. And how can we set very specific parameters around yeah. those positions to say, uh, this could be advantageous to helping postural distortions. This can be advantageous to helping neuromuscular yeah. communication. This could be advantageous to help uh, gait pattern and the sling systems. You know, there's so much good information there of yeah. having someone in quadruped with all their hands and feet in contact with the ground at the same time, even for cognitive function. There's just so yeah. much good stuff yeah. there. Oh, yeah. So I took that piece and I said, okay, so the animal piece is definitely one piece. Um, then I started, you know, looking at and the rest of the, the kind of flow component of animal flow really comes from my time at breakdancing. And, you know, I was never, uh, I would never consider myself a B-boy. Um, however, you know, I, I understood it. I understood these kind of movement, what we call movement windows, which is, okay, if I open up an angle here, how do I move through it? And yeah. how do I create kind of this energy, kinetic energy that works well with the ground reactive energy? And how do I either work with it or how do I work against it or how do I try to break mm. it? And so basically that's kind of the concept for the flow component of animal flow. And so it's, it really is about communication. So it's about how does your body translate and communicate energy? And yep. so we kind of put all those concepts into this program. And so, yeah, there is the animal component, but there's what we call switches and transitions, which you know from the workshop, yep. which kind of makes the flows. We also have a whole other component called uh, form-specific stretches, which are yep. almost more yogic in nature if you were to just look at them. Yep. Um, although we have more of the concept of creating strength through motion. So they're, as you know, they're very taxing positions, oh, yeah. uh, probably a little bit less like, some uh, yoga practices. Yeah. Uh, not that that's not hard as well, but our goal Different is definitely way. to yeah. create strength through end ranges and through the, the transitions yeah. in between. So essentially, anyway, so that's that's animal flow in a nutshell. It's, it's you know, uh, it's a program. It's not the best movement program. It's whatever movement program that you enjoy, that's the best yeah. one. But it is a movement program that invites people and it has a very low point of entry. So you think, okay, yeah. if I if I'm already very bendy and flexible because I'm a dancer, a Pilates instructor, I'm a yoga instructor, then I could probably benefit from more explosive strength and dynamic yeah. speed control, things like that. Whereas if I've been lifting a lot of weights and I'm a CrossFitter or I'm a bodybuilder, I could definitely benefit from more mobility, flexibility, and stability through motion. So it really kind of became this bridge to where we could start really linking other concepts together and other ends of the spectrum together and allow it to be a midpoint. And so it became like this adhesive that started pulling other different things together. And it was very easily uh, integrated into other people's programming because there was no, there's no dogmas, there's no stigmas. It's just, hey, yep. here's a concept that we use. You could probably benefit from one or two of the movements and maybe you'll like it so much that you'll turn it into an actual practice that you do daily or every other day or whatever. So, and I think that approach made it accessible to so many people. Yeah. And I think that that eliminated a lot of barriers in it. It does. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And yeah. I think that that plays a part in why we've had a, a pretty generous reach in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, you answered most of my questions in that, uh, that talk. So, so thank you for that. <laughs> that, that <rant>. <laughs> <laughs> Show's over. <laughs> um, Oh, so many things. I can relate to your journey almost entirely. It's actually quite scary. And I know we talked about this in the past, but um, I've been through a very, very similar uh, story. And, and for, for those of you who know me, uh, you'll probably be laughing at this right now. Um, but I, I noticed when I, I got into lifting really heavy things and uh, really enjoyed that side of it too. 
and did quite well out of it uh, from a competition level. But I felt my body um, breaking down. Like I started getting injured mm. and sore um, through lifting weights, which is crazy because I was in a completely non-reactive environment. Um, and as soon as I turned to myself, actually, more body weight uh, style training, and uh, much like yourself, I took up um, uh, straight away, it was capoeira. Uh, and that, uh-huh. that, that in, a, in an art that sort of supplemented that called uh, Gymnastica Naturale. Yeah. Um, and then I, I started to learn some gymnastics. And then more recently, um, I p- picked up a circus coach um, as well. So it's quite funny how, uh, how similar our stories are. But for the first time in my life, I've felt really, really, um, I guess I trust my body in any environment now. Um, mm. And I still feel like I'm in pretty good shape, you know. I'm probably not, I've probably lost, you know, five or six kilos of muscle. Um, but I know that I could actually, well, I have uh, over the last couple of years, I can I can gain that muscle back with uh, my body weight using proper exercise science, like you said as well. Mm. And I think that's quite a, often a misconception with body weight training, uh, especially for men. <laughs> um, aren't I going to lose all my muscle? And straight away, you know, the, the I ask people to look at look at a gymnast, you know, look at a circus performer. <laughs> you know, they're they're in pretty good nick. They're not lacking muscle. No, and they've got very symmetrical <laughs> aesthetic physique. So, yeah, um, that's always something worth looking at. I did want to break. Yeah. Down, you, um, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Carry on. Was I was it? just going to say, and you are, you know, having worked with you, you are a very nice mover, and and I, I'd seen you do some uh, some capoeira. And I've seen you do some some nice hand balancing, and it's clear that it resonates very well with your body, yeah. um, and it's really nice to see. And and you you said something very important there, which is, yeah, maybe you lost a couple kilos, yeah. but you feel like you can control your body in any environment oh, yeah. or any stress, yeah. which is so important. And you know, the great thing about body weight training, but then also skill development training, so movement training, yeah. is that. If your body's a better communicator via the way that you train, yep. then strength is something you can add on at any point and get a really fast response from. Mm. You know, because you almost have to look at strength as like it's and I hate to say this, it's almost like a, a lower like neural load to your yeah. entire system. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, once you're you've been training at such a high communication level, uh, yep. intermuscularly, intramuscularly through your nervous system and all those things then just putting lifting heavy things or even just doing like basic strength movements. Yep. It's like your body's like, Oh, psh, I got this all day, <laughs> you yeah. know? And, and you see a lot of, yep. because of that gain stability, the strength goes up infinitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's a funny thing. I go back into doing, like I might do a heavy lifting session every now and then just to almost check in on where I'm at. And I found it really interesting. Um, that none of my 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 strength in those linear movements that I was doing hasn't actually decreased at all. Um, yeah. You know, you know, I, you know, I might do say, for example, you know, something that you know requires a lot of neural load, like a pistol squat, for example. Mm. Um, and I've been practicing different, you know, single leg movements for a while. I jump straight back into the squat rack, and I'm able to squat um, as heavy as I was when I was in the middle of my, you know, my bodybuilding days. It's quite interesting. <laughs> it really is. It man. hurts a hell really of a lot is. more afterwards, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're you're so right, and it's you know it kind of goes back to that thing, uh, which is you know if you look at 
open chain versus closed chain. And then for those of uh, the listeners who aren't sure what that is, if, if you know, just a drive by shooting explanation of open chain versus closed chain, if, if I can create enough tension internally to move an object through space, then that's essentially an open chain exercise, mm. which is a very different message in my motor control center than if I'm creating internal tension towards an immovable object. Therefore, my body has to move through space, whether that's a push up or a crawl or a pull up, yeah. a handstand push up, anything like that. And a lot of times you'll see uh, for a very clear example of that is someone may be super strong at a lat pull down. So that being an open chain exercise, but it doesn't mean they can do a pull up worth shit, (laughs) right? Which is a closed chain exercise. However, if someone's really great at pull ups, then their lat pull down is probably also going to be pretty tremendous as well. Yeah, And that's a general statement, but you almost see that, that, uh, going from closed chain to open chain is usually much easier for people than yeah. going from open chain to closed chain. Totally. And so, and they go in just to add on that to what you had mentioned before is guys do have the misconception that if they switch to body weight training, that they're just going to wither away and completely lose all the muscle, which yeah. is total, total BS. I mean, tension yeah. is tension. Load yeah. is load. The only difference is you know, when you're looking at creating a hypertroph response or trying to build muscle, uh, whether it's an external load or it's your body load that you're working against, it's still load, yep. it's still tension. Totally. And so, and you got, you know, if you look at a gymnast, if you look at some of the street workout guys who are just oh, yeah. monsters, <laughs> and, you know, and you're like, wow. So not only does this guy totally jack, but he can also do some pretty tremendous things with his body. And yeah. I think that's always uh, a message that I like, which is, cool, you've got all that muscle, what can you do with it? In fact, yeah, and that's the other thing actually. Um, I think um, by by learning how to use your body properly as well and, you know, working through some active mobility work and, you know, whatever else you do uh, with with something like animal flow, you develop a more symmetrical physique because, you know, as you know, like taut or tight muscles don't grow anyway, do they? So once you start addressing some of those issues, um, and there's something I want to talk about with the animal flow soon, um, you you develop a more symmetrical physique um so it not only looks better but you move better as well and you feel better from my perspective absolutely um so yeah on on that note uh i did really enjoy i'm a bit of a you know a bit of a geek a bit of a science geek when it comes to uh to movement and prescription as well much like yourself um but i did like the corrective elements to it and the scalability as well um so what I noticed uh, in observing, you know, myself and other people that, you know, a lot of the, the primary movements uh, of animal flow, um, you were able to identify imbalances within the movement. And mm-hmm. from there, you're able to work, you know, forward or back, regress or, or, or progress that. And I really, really enjoyed that, that side of it. And I think it was quite enlightening for a lot of people as well. I think you're right, man. You know, and one of the things that you know, it's, it's interesting, uh, just to back up a step, is a lot of people hear the name animal flow and they, they immediately think it's kind of like a gimmicky, you know, fatty, you know, fad kind of uh, fitness thing that's going to be yeah. gone in another year or whatever. And I get that. I totally get that. And so that's why it's always like, well, you know, come into the workshop or, you know, even check out the DVDs. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's a very different approach yeah. because it is so based in, you know, my understanding of human science yeah. movement science yeah we tied in and fascial fascial lines um the sling systems which i really enjoyed as well that was really cool yeah and we look at motor developmental stages neural yeah. developmental stages you know how does this 
how does someone go from what we call baby to beast, you know? And so you're, (laughs) you're right that there's so much of that information in there. And the cool thing about it is a lot of the movements, the assessment is the corrective. And basically each one of the movements that we watch and that we experience, it's a very clear understanding of what's going on inside of someone's body. As far as, you know, we can start looking at their, are they successful in this position? We can either look at the entire thing as a global unit, or we can look almost like at a joint by joint perspective and say, okay, if they're not successful with our parameters of this movement, what should we maybe start looking at to identify the blocks? And so, you know, okay, if, you know, for example, our, our crab reach, which is kind of like a back bendy almost movement, I love you know, that one. it's very easy. Oh, me too. It's very easy. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, a great assessment tool because yeah. you can look at, okay, how, what is someone's anterior or front of their hips yep. doing? How does it translate through their posterior or mm. back compartment of their hips, their glutes? How does that go into lumbar rotation and thoracic rotation oh, with yeah. lateral flexion? You know, it's like, there's so much good stuff there. And then we, then we can always, just as you had mentioned, we can always regress to progress. And so we can say, okay, yep. if someone's not successful in this position, what can we do to find the point that they are successful? Yep. And so we always have that reoccurring theme throughout the entire workshop, which is if it doesn't look pretty and by pretty, I mean, if it doesn't look right, yeah. um, and they don't look it's probably not successful <laughs> doing it. Right. So if they're holding their breath, if they're clenching their jaw, if they're anchoring in their system some way, then that's us telling that's their body telling us subconsciously or you know telling us in a secret way that they're not comfortable there. So what we have to do is we always take that approach of okay, cool, let's regress and find the position that is comfortable for them. Um, and by comfortable, I don't mean easy. I just mean it's not chaos to the system at that yeah. point. And we can say, okay, how can we progress systematically from here? Yeah. And that's a big tool that we try to empower the attendees to take with them. That way, yeah. they can use it with any person. So good. Hey, um, that just reminded me of a, a quote of yours. Uh, what is it? Suffer through the structure to conquer the chaos. That's it. Is that the one? Could, could you <laughs> talk us one. through that? <laughs> I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, it's just something that always comes back for me. Uh, suffer through the structure in order to conquer the chaos. And you can use that in so many different places in many different contexts. <laughs> but essentially what it means is, you know, and, and even if we're just talking about animal flow, it's how important the foundations are. So it's just going through and because, you know, people see the things that we do in animal flow on videos or they come to the class and they always want to like be the best one or really, you know, kind of aggressively get to the next movement, get to the next movement. Yeah. And the one thing that we always have to say is like, look, you know, take your time building the foundations, suffer through the structure, like do the stuff that seems less exciting and less flashy and flowy and things like that, because Whenever you eventually are ready to do the chaos, and the chaos is is life, the chaos is mm. a uh, a flow that's just um, freestyle. You know, it's like whenever you get there, your body will be able to access those positions because you've just drilled the hell out of them, and you've created yeah. repetition within the system. And then now, when you need to pull it up subconsciously, so without you even yeah. consciously thinking about it, it's there. It's in your system. Your body can access it. It can find it, and it can use it. And, you know, I think that's the same thing. I know you, you're a fan of music as well. I know that's the same thing with, you know, someone going in and practicing scales, suffering through the structure, you know, just practicing, 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 mm. practicing. That way, when they are in a live jam scenario or they're freestyling or playing it's or whatever, a, then they yeah. can find those things. Mm. They can access those things. Totally. Um, 
yeah, and that just goes to me. That is kind of the self mastery thing. It is the 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 deep practice. It is the ten thousand hours. It's all those things that are that are analogous yeah. to how important repetition is. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that brings up another question, which is not here again, but that's great. Um, <laughs> mastery versus um, diversity. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. what have you got to say about that? I find this, this is something I. I, I battle internally with a lot. Like there's certain things I just really want to master. For example, you know, hand balancing. Um, mm-hmm. But then I feel like sometimes if I spend too much time on on one thing, I I lack a bit of diversity, and and uh, it keeps me on 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 my game. Um, <laughs> but do you have any opinions on on mastery versus diversity? Yeah. Helps me intrigued. A hundred percent, man. And, and, and the answer is there is no answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> essentially, you know, and you, okay, so let's back up a little bit. I yeah. think one of the one of the reoccurring themes in the fitness industry right now that seems to be gaining a lot of traction, not only in some of the communities, but also some of the really brilliant minds who are out there on the circuits yeah. speaking is that variability is key, right? So yeah load variability, experiencing your body in as many different angles, um, you know, uh, mobility, flexibility, soft tissue, moving your body through space, but then also being able to move heavy objects through space, creating explosive ability, uh, sometimes just grinding out heavy loads, you know, like all those things are so important because our body is so infinitely complex that it craves variability. It craves all these new challenges because our bodies are essentially essentially lazy. Like they're designed to conserve energy. Yep. And so if we do the same thing all the time, then it's it's the stimulus of that is very low. And yep. so basically we figure out our body figures out compensatory patterns, it figures out how to be more efficient at it, how to save energy. And so by us continuously totally. challenging it with new and different challenges, even if they're within the same wheelhouse. Now we're keeping our body in that constant state yep. of trying to find adaptation. Yep. Um, you know, and and so we're adaptation machines. The yep. stimulus just has to be correct. If it's too much, we can't <laughs> yes. adapt. So right. If it's yep. not enough, there's no reason to adapt. Yep. So we always have to find this kind of sweet spot of adaptation through variability. Yeah. Um, however, how do we get good at something? We have to do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> great answer. So I think. Yeah, I think the answer is. Whatever the skill is that you're really looking for, I would always kind of recommend that people narrow it down to a few, you know, and so maybe, and by saying that, that could just be a few, meaning um, a a handstand and a pistol squat, let's say, Yeah. you know, or uh, if they're really focusing on more, what we call pinnacles in the bodyweight athlete program, you know, as another, another program, or you're just focusing more on bodyweight mastery versus then also doing yeah. a lot of other modalities as well. Yeah. So I think you have to stay focused enough to get overcompensation. And by yeah. overcompensation, of course, I mean saturation yeah. of the exposure to the thing you're trying yeah. to learn. Yeah. But yeah. then at the same time, uh, the diversity is going, okay, if I'm putting a ton of practice into my hand balancing, then that means probably the rest of the time that I can allocate to training should also be something that's either going to be complementary or something that's totally different. Yeah. Right. So like yeah. if I'm doing a lot of static vertical pushing positioning, then I could possibly also benefit from lunging, hinging, squatting, rowing, pulling, yeah. all those rotating, yeah. all yeah. those other things, being much more dynamic since I'm spending so much time statically. Yeah. And so I think it really does come down to, yeah, of course you still need variability, but you still need to allocate 
the time that's going to allow your body to adapt to that consistent totally. and progressive challenge. Uh, there's so many uh, gold nuggets in, in what you just said there. It's great. Um, <laughs> I always think uh, with movement, I like to think about you know what our body is designed to do. Um, I guess like ancestral uh, movement patterns and uh, movement practices or skills. Um, what what are found what 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 movements should I say? Um, do you view to be like foundational that every sort of body you know should be able to do? Yeah, um, you know that's a <laughs> that's a big question. That's I know. A, well, no, you know, I think it's a I think it's a great question. I think that my answer may just be too long. Um, I think that the, <laughs> and I'm going to do a super fast kind of summary cliff yeah. notes of this, but essentially. Uh, I like to look at, again, I'm a huge fan of kind of that, putting a lot of emphasis on our developmental stages. And so, but what I mean by that is going, okay, everything that we were able to do as a child. So our whole developmental process of lifting the head, looking in different directions, reaching with the arms and the legs, eventually being able to roll over, eventually being able to creep, to crawl, to to stand up, to get back down to deep squat, you know, all those things uh, push up. Um, all those things, I think that if, if they were so, because during those developmental processes, not only was our system kind of dictating, okay, what are going to be the phasic muscles? What are going to be tonic muscles? What are going to be these anatomical synergists? How does the body begin to communicate through motion? Um, basically our musculature is designed by facilitating our body's needs. Yeah. So like our musculature is allocated and developed by our need to be able to, move, grab things, lift our head, roll over, like eventually be able to locomote. Yep. And so it's, and also all that, all during those phases, of course, there's the brain activity as well. And there's the mm-hmm. cognition and developing, um, you know, reading, writing, learning, writing and tilting reflexes. Like all, all these things are happening in our body and they're just igniting. Yeah. And so basically I, I, I always find it a bummer that whenever we learn how to be upright bipeds, we're just like, ah, Screw all that stuff. Yeah. Don't ever need to return to that again. Yeah. We don't need to sit on the ground or yeah, exactly. Spend yeah. time on the floor. <laughs> We're good and then we just abuse. Store. We just yeah, we kind of take our, our our upright biped bodies for granted, and we just kind of abuse them the rest of our lives. Yeah, and then we become elderly, and whenever we are faced with getting all on the ground, we can't get back up again. Or whenever we do end up falling to the ground, yep. we break a hip, and that can be yep. absolutely uh, That's de- catastrophic. Deadly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The statistics um, are scary. <laughs> it's scary. It's yeah. scary. So then yeah. you have this entire segment of your life where you're just not honoring all those things that were so important to your development. It's like yeah. we're literally just going, ah, just forgetting about it. That's so good. And so that's yeah. one of the things that we talk about in animal flow is even just the crawling part. Like yeah. even just getting someone back on the dra- on the ground and having yeah. them crawl, going back to that even six point baby crawl and then progressing into what we call our beast crawl, which is yeah. four points of contact. There's so much good stuff happening. I know. And so like, I'm such an advocate of that, which is like, okay, crawl. Yeah. But also rolling patterns are huge, you know, being able to, um, uh, you know, and there's, there's different kind of like navel radiation, um, patterns, which is kind of like, uh, going all the way back to our time in the womb where everything centralizes around our umbilicus. And like, can people even look at those patterns of bringing their arms towards their midline, their legs towards their midline, and then, it, once they're kind of open in like a starfish position, can they just decouple how their hips coordinate by themselves, but then in relation to the spine, in relation to the oh, shoulders, wow. in relation to the neck, 
and you can get really almost into like a Feldenkrais, you know, looking at how all those, yeah, 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 just really movement awareness. And so like, it's funny because I I look at that spectrum of, I love the concept and especially in bodyweight athlete, we talk about train to be super, train to be super, train to be super, like learn how to do superhuman things. But first train to be human. (laughs) <laughs> that's so good yeah that's so good you know go back and like anything that you could once do that made you human you should still be able to do those that things. is gold trained to be human i love that <laughs> that's so true i feel like um you know a lot of this I, I always think about what what's lacking in you know our culture and the western world currently um and two things i feel like you have nailed pretty well there um and probably your life and and the the animal flow as well and one is uh, play, play and interaction. I think that's yeah. really cool. You're actually interacting with, you know, other people or the ground, actually. Um, yeah. And I think once you, you do suffer through the structure, um, when you're able to get into that that flow state, then the play comes into it as well, which I think is mm. just fantastic. It's so empowering. And the other one is um, community. And, yeah, I really did feel that sense of community within the course and I see you've got quite a good uh, online community going there as well. Were those two things intentional within the program, the plan? Yeah, community? you know, yeah. Um, they they were, especially since my experience with Animal Flow had to be about play. You know, like it had to be because I was allowing myself to be so vulnerable trying these new things and being so bad at them. That I, the only thing I could do is kind of laugh at myself and just realize that this was play. This was me That's as an adult good. learning how to play again. Yeah. And so that was kind of deep rooted into the practice of animal flow is just like, hey, we're going to make it fun. We're going to put a lot of very strict kind of parameters about how we would like the movement to eventually become. But the process of it should be fun. It should be an experience. It should be you, you, you know, allowing yourself to to be bad and be new and do things that you're not normally used to doing. And then the, this, the thing that you mentioned, which is community, which I have to say, Carl, man, I think that that's one of the things I'm most proud of yep. in the animal flow practice is that it's always been about community. It's always been about sharing this thing with someone else who you think may love it and knowing that you're inspiring someone else to move. And that's one of the greatest gifts that you can share with somebody else. And so even in the animal flow program, as you know, there's a language that goes with the program because we wanted it. We actually designed it to where whenever you are anywhere in the world and you meet another animal flow instructor, you speak the same language. So even when we teach in Asia and we teach in uh, India and we teach in different areas, regions of the world, the names of the movements stay the same. So they're always the English version of the movements. However, uh, they'll use their native language for direction, so left or right, and limb, arm, or leg. But essentially, nice. if you go and you meet another animal flow instructor anywhere in the world, you, you speak the same language, but you get the opportunity to learn new words for directions and limbs. And, <laughs> it's actually probably, probably quite cool. a good way to learn another language, actually. <laughs> yeah. So that was the concept yeah. is like, oh, this should cool. be something that, that you can share. You know, that yeah. was always a concept. This should be something that you can share with other people. That's great, man. We'll that's, um, that's so powerful. Um and I do really feel like, um, well, I can't speak on behalf of every country in the world, but in the Western world, from what I've experienced, that's something that a real, a real community is something that I feel is is lacking sometimes. And there's some really interesting research coming in showing that, um, you know, community is one of the most, um, you know, powerful tools for for uh, happiness and longevity. I mean, you just got to look at the blue zones. You know, some of the healthiest populations in the world and. And that's the one thing that, um, you know, they all have in common. 
think it's really really cool that's it man you're absolutely right that's it it's 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 feeling like you're part of something it's feeling to share experience with other people it's so important and yeah. to have that that play element in it it just allows you to kind of take yourself out of the, the daily routine and just yep. enjoy freedom in different ways yeah and so we'll we'll even have within our community where on our instructors page someone will post you know hey i'm gonna take a trip to you know, wherever some, some obscure country or whatever, do we have any coaches there? And then someone will pop up and be like, yeah, I'm there. And then they get together and they shoot a video. Oh, that's awesome. Like, oh man, it's so cool. Cause you get to see these worlds coming together and you get to see just how small the world is. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's significantly smaller than we really, especially now, um, thanks to social media and thanks to the internet and things like yeah. that. Um, yeah you realize just how small it is for good and for bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 It has its positives and negatives. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, um, when I spoke to you last, you, you were telling me that, uh, you're still learning animal flow. And I thought that was really cool. Um, so it's a constant evolution is basically what you told me then. What have you, what I just out of interest, what has, has, does anything jump out that you've learnt, um, you know, from traveling around the world teaching animal flow. Are there any elements you've added into it straight away, or maybe it's the way it was communicated, or are there any things that jump out there, or, or is that just too big a question <laughs> to ask? Again, <laughs> well, I, you know, all, I think I think all the only way I can answer that with integrity is just telling you my experience with it, and I think that my experience is. You know, and you know this, and a lot of people kind of know this now because I've made it public knowledge. But I had a really intense neck injury um, a couple of years ago that's I'm now happily can say that I'm about 95% better. But basically, I it was an impingement entrapment neural issue that shut down the entire left side of my torso. So my mm. arm, my lat, my pec, uh, even affected my diaphragm and intercostals, my oh, respiratory wow. muscles. It's your whole and AS so, and system, basically. Absolutely, man. <laughs> I was wrecked. Yeah. And I was still going around the world teaching workshops, kind of <laughs> hiding this thing. With a noticeable change, like I even had a couple people in my workshops be like, why is your left arm so much smaller than your right arm? <laughs> and right and I, was, <laughs> I was playing to my strengths, of course, and I was just working the hell out of the, the you know, kind of creating almost these compensatory yeah, patterns course. to really kind of at least be able to demo with some proficiency. And through that process, I was suffering through the structure, man. I was going back and yeah. knowing that I was once able to do some pretty cool looking things, but then I can't do that right now. And so just accepting that and kind of swallowing that pill and going, all right, so you have to go back as if you are someone coming into this practice completely deconditioned. Yeah. You know, maybe they've never worked out before. Or they're dealing with pain, which is such a loud message. And so it allowed me to go back in and start from ground zero and just go, okay, how do I crawl again? and really work my way back up and i used pain as as the parameter and so i would say okay that causes pain so i'm going to figure out how to modify that or yeah. maybe i'm not ready for that yet and so my understanding of the program just changed so much over those wow. two years and yeah not only the way that i taught it because it gave me a new perspective but then also the way that i experienced it in my own body yeah. and so now when i practice because of all that time drilling, I know those angles are there. And I know when I kind of drive my body around, I kind of take that test drive in it. I know all those positions are there and I can pull out, I can pull them out. 
Um, kind of going back to what you said at the beginning of the conversation, which is you feel very confident in the way that you kind of navigate your body uh, through different uh, situations. And so that gave me such a huge understanding of not only how my body reacts, but then also the program itself. And so I'll always say that I'm a student of this program. I'll always say that I I rarely say that I'm the creator of it without cringing inside Um, because I really don't feel like I'm the creator of it. I really feel like I've been given an opportunity to be a messenger of it and I'm learning more about it and more about the message and how to communicate it. Oh, that's so cool. Um, And it's, and it's awesome for people to see that, you know, um, you know, yourself and and myself and other movement practitioners, um, you know, they do go through, through these journeys as well. Like uh, we're not perfect. You know, we do have injuries, we do get pain and we, we, one of our missions, I guess, and I, I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but for myself as well, is to work out, you know, how it happened, how to correct it, and how to make sure it doesn't happen again. And that's all part of that journey. So that's cool. It is, man. You're absolutely mm. right. And it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, kind of like the analogy of like bringing your car in to get serviced. It's, it's like, yeah, you know, every car is going to break down, and <laughs> you know, our bodies, our bodies can be very high performance cars. Yeah. You know, and so being able to learn how to tool around with it ourselves and fix, yep. you know, the flat tire, change the oil, you know, <laughs> totally. it all is part of that journey. It all is part of that journey of self mastery. And if you really kind of take that on and take the initiative of going, man, this is all I got, you know, uh, once yep. it's all said and done, everything else that I owned in my life will be gone at some point. Yeah. However, I'm still going to be in this body. And so I need to figure out again, how does it work, how to use it, how to fix it, and just really be thankful that I get the opportunity to be in it. Yeah. And get, get the most out of it. Eh? Like I, I feel like um, I feel like a lot of people don't get to experience the best of themselves. I mean, that's kind of the, the you know, the, the prep, you know, why I created Best Me, I guess. But um, I feel like not many people actually get to experience how well they can move, how well they can feel. Um, how empowering um, movement can be in your life. And I really wish that everyone could experience it for a, a period of time. <laughs> so, you know, they could step into that into that body and, and, and realize that it is something worth um, practicing. <laughs> Man, you're, you're so right. And I think uh, the cool thing that we're kind of seeing now, and not just with animal flow, but I think in general, is you're seeing people finding their best me or their best self yeah. at – 50 years old at 60 years old you're oh, finding yeah. that they're like <laughs> learning you know they're creating a love affair with their body oh, yeah. some sort of movement and it doesn't you know matter what it is yeah but uh but yeah they're experiencing their body in, in a way that's that's really yeah. positive you know and has a really yeah. neat, neat light to it yeah. and so i so think true. you know people people set themselves up for defeat by thinking that it's too late or that thing they want to learn is too intense or it's too impossible. It's too out far outside of their reach. Yeah. And it's, that's just not the case. You just have to know the point of entry and hopefully either have a good coach or find good information that will teach you how to progress at your own level and at your own speed. You know, and I think that's one of the things that really drew me to like calisthenics uh, and skill practice with body weight training is kind of this concept where, Something that once seemed unattainable to you with enough time and proper progressions will eventually be your warm up. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah. You know, and I just love, I love That's that. That's so it's good. So true. Yeah. You know, it's like 
you're like with enough consistency, that yeah. thing that seems absolutely unattainable, it's like, ah, oh, now that's just like how I start my workouts. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, this, um, I, I often reference, I've got a client at the moment that oh, I've had for a few years now and uh, he's 87 years old, <laughs> absolutely incredible. Oh, and he came to me, he moved reasonably, reasonably well. And we just slowly chipped away, introduced some, you know, some good body weight training, um, some some smart movement, really diverse. We've got about five different routines that we constantly upgrade and we, we switch around. Um, but this guy, <laughs> he sits in a deep, we, we sit down for the first five minutes, we sit in a deep squat, flat foot squat for five minutes, have a chat, catch up, uh, work out where we're going to go with the workout. <laughs> for the first time in his life the other day at uh, 87 years old, he did his first chin up. <laughs> Full body weight chin up. He yeah, he can now deadlift his body weight <laughs> off the ground. Um, I've got him doing viper work, crawl patterns. I've just introduced some uh, some animal flow aspects into his routine, and this guy is thriving. <laughs> he's incredible. So, he's a really inspiring guy. Um, and you're you know you're just adding years to his life. Yeah, you would hope you know, and you're you're making his experience of his later years so much better i know i know and just to, to take it up a notch as well it, <laughs> currently um i train a uh 96 year old man and his uh 91 year old uh wife and he can now you know squat down and and touch the ground you know um with with his head up nice and neutral for, for the first time and well, since he can remember I mean, it's just That's incredible awesome. you can improve at any age and you know yeah, I, I can't emphasize how important this is just to to continue with this uh, this movement journey. Um, and I really, yeah. really, really appreciative of these programs like Animal Flow. You know that that um, you know empower people like that. It's great. Yeah, man. And there's some really good ones out there. You know, I mean, you know, one of my favorite things about the industry right now is there's just a lot of good stuff out there and yeah. a lot of um, different instructors or or um, presenters that are have a very similar message and so even yep. if they're using different terms or different modalities or whatever it, it's a very similar message yep. and so we're i'm always kind of promoting my other friends within the uh, industry that are doing very cool stuff yeah. it kind of creates again a, a collective uh you know holistic if you will approach totally. to the body yeah because it's from so many different angles yep now you're quite a, you're a very holistic uh, guy. With animal flow, um, do you have a mindset element to it um, that you've injected into the the program so far? Uh, you know, not one that we talk about a lot, and we've kind of consciously left that open. And yep. you know, I, I will often talk about like in level two or in our mentorships, because we just started doing our animal flow mentorships, um, okay. we'll talk about kind of bringing, you know, almost like an intention. Like what is your I intention for doing that? That's flow, good. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and some days it might be that you're, you know, you're just thinking about restoration within your system. Whereas another day you're angry, you're pissed off. You want to throw yeah. on some heavy metal and like, yeah. just, flow and get really aggressive yeah. with it you know and so maybe another flow is just all about your breath you know maybe yeah. another flow is 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 uh to the music so you're allowing the music to kind of be the dj or the conductor of your movement oh wow you know and so i i just kind of love leaving it open-ended like that because in that way awesome. it's, yeah that way you can experience it whatever comes up that day yeah 
and that's that's so true i mean we're physiologically different from day to day man and bringing intention to a to a session i think is is key i'm so glad you said that it's brilliant (laughs) (laughs) um now i've got a oh so so for, for people that haven't experienced animal flow yet um but want to get started on their wellness journey or their movement journey um, and let's say animal flow wasn't available to them, what would you recommend they do or what, how would you recommend they started? Um, and when you say not available to them, do you mean like not available to them because we're, they're not going to a workshop or because? Yeah, let's, um, let's say that. Explain. Let's say that. <laughs> okay. Um, because I have to, for a moment, I have to sidestep and say if someone wanted to learn more about animal flow, we do have DVDs. Um, oh but we can get more into that later. But if they didn't have access to any animal flow, I think it's going to be, I'm a huge advocate of trying multiple things, you know, trying multiple things and see what it is that really ignites your, again, your kind of love affair with movement or fitness. And for some people it could be Zumba, man. I mean, you know, (laughs) you often have people that like kind of scoff at that. I have to say I've done it and I quite enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it, if it gets you moving and you love doing it and it's oh. play and you're getting results from it, then who's to say that that's not a valid exactly. program? I mean, I think it's awesome. Yeah. You know, so it's like, all right, so go go dance and yep. see if that, you know, tickles your fancy. Yep. Go rock climbing, go, you know, hiking, go try, you know, uh, rowing, kayaking, paddle Brilliant. boarding. You know, it's like. Get man, excited about movement. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anything that allows you to break outside of the normal parameters in which you experience your body on a day-to-day basis. So if you look at someone's normal day-to-day, they're never going below 90 degrees at the hips or knees because they're always either seated on the side of their bed in a car or on the toilet or their desk. Yeah. You know, they're always pretty much going to be moving in sagittal planes, so just kind of forward and backwards, (laughs) rarely side-to-side, rarely with any rotation. So it's like, all right, Again, our bodies are infinitely complex and they crave variability. So do anything that allows you to break out of those normal positions that you would spend your, your life in. And then hopefully you'll find the one that creates that that love affair and it is the ignition. That's so good. I've got a lead, I've got a I've got my little scribble sheet down here and I've got about uh, ten different quotes from uh, <laughs> from this already. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'll put these in the show notes afterwards. Nice. <laughs> Some gold, some real gold there. It's great. Um, okay, so this is a question I ask every single person on the show. Um, and once again, it's, it's quite an intense one. <laughs> if you could inject every single person on this planet with one piece of knowledge, uh, an idea, or even a question, uh, what would that be? Mm. One, per- one piece of knowledge. Um, a question, question, an idea. Yeah. Could be anything. It might even relate to your last, you know, your last answer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I think I, you know, I, I, okay. I, I you know, I, I think, I think what I would do is I would inject this idea and actually a reworking of the idea that we've somehow accepted this concept over the years that our body just breaks down as we get older. And, you know, we've, we just had that great conversation about your elderly clients. And I think if we could just, if I could inject a complete flipping of that and to where every year that someone spends in their body, they realize there's potential to be better at being in their body and realizing that instead of us just accepting the fact that we're going to break down, we realize 
yes, degeneration can happen, but there are things that we can do to facilitate a slowdown of the degeneration and also facilitate the experience to exponentially get better. And almost to where in your older years, not only do you have the wisdom of experience, but you also have a body that matches that. So the level of emotional and intellectual intelligence that we have would be matched by these physical prowess and the ability to do incredible things with our physique. Yeah. You know, imagine if every 90-year-old that we had saw was, you know, in the morning doing Tai Chi, but then also doing one-arm handstands, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't, yeah, the potential is, is massive. Yeah, it's infinite. It's mind-boggling. Wow. You know, if you just thought, okay, from day one, you're almost looking at, okay, once I, you know, as I progress through my life, I just ultimately get better in every single way. And I just ignore the, even the option that I'm going to, to just allow my body to break down. And of course, th that's aside from disease or anything like that. You know, we're just yeah. talking if a normal, relatively disease-free person, what the potential is, it's, it's, it's outstanding. That's great, man. That's cool. I love that. Don't accept that you, you're going to break down as you get older. That's <laughs> so good. Um, hey, man, this, this is there's so much gold here. There's so many questions I, I want to ask you, and uh, um, you know we could we could dive into each one of these uh, these questions uh, for for a podcast on its own. I'm sure. Um, but uh, for you, what what's next, and you know where can people find you? Yeah, so uh, I'm my business partner. Karen and I are both on a nomadic phase right now. And so essentially we're doing something very cool, which is we are, we don't have a home base. So we each rent our Airbnbs in whatever city or country that we're living in. And mm -hmm. then we, um, we just work remotely from there. And, you know, the intention was this kind of question to myself, which was what happens if you give up everything to better serve other people? And so the idea was to go around different parts of the world and make myself available to either people who are in animal flow or people who want to just learn more about calisthenics or whatever that may be. And just really, instead of having to come in and like pay to come to a workshop, yeah. um, you know, just allow myself to be available to people that want to, to learn. And so, but then also cultivate and nurture our communities as well. So yeah. anyway, so we're, we're, we're about a month in each kind of region in the world that we're moving around in. So, uh, I'll be doing that. It's totally open-ended. You know, I may do that <laughs> for the rest of my life. Who knows? Um, Fantastic. Uh, but right now, we kind of said two years. We've been on it for about seven months, and it's been nothing short of spectacular. So wow. that's where the next step is, you know, we've got a lot of European things coming up. So I'll be in Switzerland and Berlin, then Spain and Fantastic. Croatia. Sounds like a really tough uh, life, eh? Hey, man, only the worst places. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so if anyone's kind of watching uh, or listening, sorry, and they kind of want to watch the journey, um, on Instagram, I'm at Mike GBT, GBT standing for global body weight training. So that's where I always kind of chronicle my, um, my travels. Then, uh, if they want to learn more about animal flow, of course they can go to animalflow.com. Then there is the Facebook pages for animal flow. And there's also global body weight training, which I you heard me mention a few times in this conversation. There's yep. a program called Bodyweight Athlete, which looks at those big calisthenics moves and gives a very precise very cool. very uh, explanation cool. of how you can progress through them. So those are options, global body weight training, animalflow.com, uh, Instagram, and then, of course, Facebook. I think I'm 
maxed on my friends, you know, 5,000 of my closest <laughs> friends. Oh, I just so, got too uh, many friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. And so, uh, but yeah, you know, and that's, that's that whole social media world. Yeah. So that's kind of where people can follow our, sure. our adventures and then, you know, the, the message, the philosophy. Uh, it's very cool to follow your journey. Actually, I, I, I follow pretty closely. It's 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 awesome. Live vicariously through you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man! Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm I'm sure the listeners got just as much out of it as as I did. Um, so much wisdom there, and you know, good luck for everything you're doing, and keep spreading that amazing message. It's uh, it's really cool to see people like you, you know, uh, leading the charge. Um, Keep charging, man. <laughs> Wish you all the oh, best. Thanks, brother. Well, listen, man, I really appreciate you having me on, and it was great catching up with you, man. Definitely. And thanks for joining us, guys. Um, please head over to wellnesscouch.com to, to have a look at the uh, episode and the episode's prime. Uh, Bestme.co.nz. Uh, you can find us there, too. Uh, once again, on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. You can find us uh, Best Me Community. And you can also find us on iTunes. So tune in and we'll see you next time. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.